All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, after the NFL's first Super Wildcard weekend, how's your couch doing? The legend of Taylor Heineke has been written, even in defeat. We got logo stomping, end zone sliming, bad refs ruining just about every game, and useless fucking replay. Andy Poland is our Monday mensch to recap it all. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Vikings, third and five. Heineke in trouble again. He's able to escape. Keeps the play alive. Runs for the first down. Dives to the pylon. Is he in? Is he in? Yes! Touchdown! What a run! What a play by Heineke! What a play! Wow! And this is the one time he took too long, but he keeps his eyes upfield. Squirts around in there, and then he's got some speed that they didn't know he had. Runs away from everybody trying to hit that pylon. And does he hit the pylon with the football? Yes, he does. That's a awesome. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. What a play. What a night. And, yes, it was a defeat for the Washington football team. But, my goodness. Wow, what a moment. The legend of Taylor Heineke has grown. Hello, everybody, and how are you on this glorious Monday following double, triple wild card weekend? All right, I am under the weather still. I now now have something going on in my stomach right now. So I'm playing a little bit hurt today, uh, but I'm going to gut it out, and we're going to give you a quality podcast here even if it kills me, even if I have to throw up. Because if Taylor Heineke can play like that and come back on the field with a separated AC joint in his shoulder, then I can certainly uh, do this podcast with a bit of a tummy ache. So I record this segment of the podcast with the Browns and the Steelers underway. And it is 14 to nothing brownies after the most disastrous start to the game you could possibly imagine. So I'm not counting any chickens just yet, but if my Browns pick as an upset holds and I did get them plus six and a half, that's going to make me three and oh on Sunday after going one, one and one on Saturday, which is pretty, pretty good. And the one push according to my records was Tampa minus eight. I said, cause when I wrote down the actual, you know, games, and I typed out, you were looking live. Uh, I had eight as the number, but it was climbing, and it climbed further on Saturday morning when it was uh, reported that Alex Smith would be inactive for the game. I think it got as much as 10, 10 and a half in some places. I said I liked Tampa Bay minus six and a half from the moment the line was set. I did not know, however, that Taylor Heineke was going to play so damn well. And he did. I thought he was going to be some kind of clown shoe Ben DiNucci knockoff who in the moment in the big spot was going to absolutely crumble. 
But you know what? I didn't listen. I didn't listen to the people that said, oh no, you don't know this cat. This cat was legend at Old Dominion. This cat has got it. He is, he's got more moxie than you can imagine. I didn't listen. I didn't believe it. I believe it now. What a game. All right, so real quick, let's go through the scores here. Bills beat the Colts 24-27. to Didn't cover the six and a half. I was right about it being a closer game than we thought. Frank Reich, what are you doing? What are you doing going for it when you shouldn't be going for it? What are you doing going for two when it makes no sense too early in the game? I like you, Frank Reich, but you didn't coach your best game ever. Uh, you had quarterback Josh Allen getting a little squirrely there in the second half after they seemingly had taken a lead. You're like, okay, they're going to win this game. And I'm like, it's happening again. Like last year when he, uh, you know, when he screwed up the 18 point lead and lost in Houston. Anyway, they go on to win. And the big story of that game, of course, was the fumble that was ruled not a fumble. This was another prime example of how stupid and awful and ruinous replay is to football. Because everybody who was watching the game saw within the first three rewinds of that play, oh, his knee is up. Guess what? He's a runner. That's a fumble. It should be Buffalo's ball. The game should be over. And then they go to replay, and they look at it, and they look at it, and they look at it so much, you're like, Jesus Christ, I am sick of seeing this play. And then they let it stand. And of course, I went at it on Twitter. I'm like, ah, <laughs> false God, you guys suck. And then I made sure to poke both uh, Scott Lynn and uh, Tim Murray because they're the two biggest replay proponents that I know. And I guess I was a jerk about it. But this is what me and everybody else on the side of justice says regarding replay. It simply doesn't work. And you can say, well, they j- I can't help that they've got incompetence looking at the replays. Hey, until there's robots calling the replays, guess what? They're going to fuck it up because they don't like to play God. The Rams thoroughly eviscerate the Seahawks. What a beating that was. 30-20, to 20, your final score there. And that was with Jared Goff playing with a severely fractured thumb. That limited him greatly. Wow. The Seahawks are probably one of the worst 12 and 4 teams we've had in a long time. They just sort of skated by. Totally different team that ended the year, that started the year. They're 5 and 1. They're throwing all over the place. Let Russ cook is the hashtag du jour. They're talking about Wilson as the MVP. And you saw what happened on, on Sunday or on Saturday. Ridiculous. He just, there's something wrong with him, or maybe the Rams have just figured him out. They bullied him. Now, the big news here is that two injuries are going to affect this game against the Packers next Saturday, and that is the injury to Aaron Donald and the injury to Cooper Cup. And of course, well, the fact that John Wolford, their uh, other starting quarterback, got a neck stinger and had to leave the game. So there are red flag injury questions heading into this game on Saturday. I love the fact the Packers get the first game out of the gate. Number one, because you hate waiting all weekend for your team to play. You want to, to me, you want to get them on your TV screen as soon as possible. And the second thing is it gives the Rams less time to recover. I believe the line is minus seven. It's Sunday night. It's an early line. And it's going to have, like I said, a lot of red flags over it because they need to see how some of these injuries look by the time the weekend comes. Then we had the the Washington Buccaneers game. More on that with Andy Poland in just a second. Ravens-Titans was the best game of the weekend. It was playing out exactly as I said I feared it would. I said, you know, I'll take the Ravens. I'll lay the three and a half. But it's right on that number, I said. And what was the game sitting at for the better part of the second half in the fourth quarter? 17-13 Ravens. Even got a missed Justin Tucker field goal, and they still won, and they covered. And then there was the logo stomping, which, look, it's stupid. I'm against it. Uh, Lamar Jackson ran off the field, didn't shake hands. It's stupid. I'm against it. I'm in the middle of, I'm not going to glorify it, but I'm not going to excuse it. I'd rather them not be juvenile assholes, but 
the two teams have big rivalry going. And there's bad blood and there's being knocked out of the playoffs and there's smack talking and there's previous logo stomping to be settled, I guess. And Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters makes the pick to basically seal the game and then runs around with the ball out here like it's a loaf of bread, just begging for a disaster. I'm like, as good as he is, the football intelligence level on him sometimes is below the chart, off the chart, underground, stupid. But it worked out. And the Ravens win and they advance and Lamar Jackson overcomes a 10-point deficit for the first time in his career. He wins a playoff game for the first time in his career and he authored one of the most electrifying runs of his career. And Mike Vrabel, what are you doing? Punting on fourth and two. Fourth and two from the plus 40 under 10 minutes to go, one score game. What are you doing? The numbers, nerds. <laughs> Hi, yes. Uh, uh, he gave up about an 18 percentage point swing in expected pre-snap uh, win percentage, and that is one of the largest that we have uh, ever calculated. Okay, I'm mocking the nerds. I'm kind of fascinated by the numbers. If I understood numbers, I would ask more questions about it, but all I know is that's what cowards do. Scared money don't make money. If you're punting on fourth and two, not only that third and two they throw incomplete, fourth and two they punt when you have Derek fucking Henry. It's amazing to me that guys like Derek Henry don't literally run to their coach and and start trying to choke their coach after play calls like that in the moment of the game. Of course, if it was DK Metcalf, you might have done that. It's another thing. So DK Metcalf throws a temper tantrum on the sideline. Everyone can see because, oh, I'm not getting involved enough. Then they try to throw him a slip screen that is totally anticipated and broken up by the Rams for a pick six. Hey, uh, here's an idea, DK. Um, Why don't you bring up how to make adjustments quietly to your head coach on the sideline instead of, you know, like – Throwing a baby tantrum on the sideline? Just saying. Bears and Saints, 21-9, your final. This was the Nickelodeon game. I saw lots of Nickelodeon resets. Didn't watch a single second of the Nickelodeon broadcast. Not that I don't like Nickelodeon. I, by the way, I just don't even, I don't really know much Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon became a thing once I was an adult, or not an adult, once I was out of my parents' house and into college, I think was Nickelodeon really came to the fore. So I didn't really watch anything on Nickelodeon. And my kids came too late for Nickelodeon. I mean, my daughter watches SpongeBob like every kid does, but not not a lot of stuff. But I hear it was mildly interesting. And then you had more <laughs> unbelievable low IQ football. Javon Wims, now that's not IQ, that's just stupid hands. The drop right through, <laughs> right through his arms. What are you doing? And then, of course, uh, for Miller, Anthony Miller to get kicked out of the game, by CJGJ, an instigator who is known a known provocateur. Just dumb football. Game is still very much in play at 7-3. Third quarter, Saints are driving, fourth and short. Hot, 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 hot. They get him to jump off, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know you have to fire off the ball aggressively in the NFL. But don't you think there should be a setting on fourth and short in which they're very likely to try to hut hut you offside like a click down where you go, okay, I will be a beat late off the ball here on fourth and short, but I am not going to jump offsides. Oh, well. And then, of course, the Bears, after stopping the Saints on a Drew Brees fourth down plunge attempt over the top by a tiny little bit. Uh, they uh, And by the way, you're like, well, replay worked there. Hey, my point on replay is it works some of the time. But when it doesn't work, it's ridiculous. And if it's not going to work all the time, when you have the luxury of staring at a play over and over and over again for five minutes, it's literally not worth having. I don't think it is. So the Saints get stopped, and you're like, the Bears getting 10 or 11. They're not going to score here to make it 21-10 and screw people who have 11 or minus 11. Or or maybe they're not going to go for two to make it 21-11 and make it. They're not gonna, they wouldn't do that, right? And on the last play of the game, one-handed, 
Uh, Jimmy Graham touchdown, and they don't kick the extra point. They don't go for two. I didn't know that was an option to not at least be forced to line up for it, but apparently it is. And holy shit, update from Pittsburgh. Cleveland now leading 21 to nothing. You know who's looking really, really smart and ruggedly handsome and like a guy who maybe knows a little thing or two about football? That's right. This guy. <laughs> wow. I think uh, Cleveland is going to send every football fan who has to wake up early on Monday morning to bed with a good night's sleep. This thing is a disaster. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino. And it's not Hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of my bookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. All right, let's check in with my man, Andy Pollard. I don't know how to spin a loss like this, but I would say, Andy, that basically everybody I see online is spinning it as maybe the greatest playoff loss in franchise history. Would you care to go so far as to say this was a great loss for the Washington football team? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of that may be close to this was the first one under George Allen in 1971 when they went to San Francisco and lost to the 49ers because they hadn't been to the playoffs in like 25 years. And this was seen as, okay, he's, you know, got a playoff team and they, you know, mistake here, mistake there. They might've won that game and next year, look out. And they did make the Super Bowl the following year. Uh, In this case, I think it's too big of a leap though, that people are making on Taylor Heineke. Now I was dead wrong on him. I I, I. I did not think, I I, I didn't think that he would play anywhere near as well as he did, but 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 to anoint him franchise quarterback after one game, you know, let's let's slow down. Slow down. Uh, but wait a minute, yeah. did you not tweet lost a game, found a quarterback? Yeah, I think they did find a quarterback, and they found a quarterback that they can go to training camp with if they decide to bring back Kyle Allen. And I think what it did, it eliminates the need to roll the dice again on Alex Smith. Uh, I think oh, that that's that. No that's question. What this does. Yeah. No question. This was uh, Alex. If you could read minds, you had to see him there on the sideline, mask on, thinking, "Fuck, my career's over." Well, not necessarily. I mean, oh, I, I, please! I, I got a spot for him. Where? Uh, if he goes to Jack, if <laughs> you got a football if Urban team, Meyer, if, <laughs> if, if Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville, yeah, and they draft the Clemson kid, he's yeah. the perfect guy to bring in. Really? And you know, Urban Meyer was his college coach. Look at ah. what he did with Patrick Mahomes. You know, so I, I, I think Jacksonville might be the right spot for him to to be a player or a coach yeah. no to play and and his play leg and... is fucking wrecked he, i mean well, it'll get better over the off season but then as soon as he plays on it again that calf is going to start to deteriorate 
How do you know? I'm a doctor. I went, yeah. to, I went to, I was pre-med. <laughs> Andy, I'm talking out my ass like every sports yeah. talk host in America. That's right. Hey, that leg is going to go. I can tell you that. Yeah. I think the best part about it is that you can roll into next year with Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke. And then yeah. you don't have to reach for a pseudo QB one. You don't have to give Cam Newton an absurd forty million dollars. You saw that report, right, from Schefter? Yeah, that 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 was insane. That was an <laughs> a, that's an Adam Schefter report who's usually you know pretty spot on. I, I, either he's getting that fed from his agent or whatever. I mean, I can't believe anybody would guarantee him that kind of money based on what we saw this year. Yeah. And let's see, he came off a one year deal for a million and change. Yeah. And he was mediocre with Bill Belichick, and you're going to give right. him forty million over two to come back here. Get the fuck out of here! He can't throw. He can run. No. He can't pass. He cannot throw. But Taylor Heineke put on a fucking display, the likes of which I I can't quite remember or I can't quite compare it to. Is there a comp for a no name who came in and just drove that car like he stole it? Well, I, I put this out on Twitter last night. 1994, you had Heath Schuler as the third pick of the draft, and he wasn't ready to go out of the box. As it turned out, he had trouble knowing the plays. And they had a guy named John Freeze, veteran guy. He played the first few games. Team was terrible. So they force-fed Schuler, and he played a game against Arizona, a bad Arizona team, where he threw five interceptions. And the following week, they're playing a pretty good Colts team on the road. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is the quarterback. They got Marshall Falk. They're, they're a pretty decent team. And he put in Gus Farratt, who was the seventh-round pick that year. Farratt was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and they won that game. Now, his style is different than Heineke. He didn't run like him. Right. But he was terrific. And, you know, I think there was a lot of excitement about that. I think he caught the Colts off guard. And I put it out that, you know, if, if he is Gus Farratt good, that's a find. And people said, oh, you know, I don't want that. I, you know, that old guy bangs his head against the wall. Hey, Gus Farratt was a serviceable quarterback in the right. league for about 12 or 13 years. And if, if you've got your ideas that, that Taylor Heineke is going to be like the next Doug Flutie, forget it. He's he's probably going to be around for a while, but he's he's not superstar material. And you find with these guys, you know, see Matt Flynn – uh, one performance doesn't necessarily translate to a long term. Right. I was blown away at how escapable he was, how much yeah. he could run and scramble. I mean, the touchdown where he dove for the pylon, I move over Larry Michael and your call of electrifying with RG3. <laughs> that was just yeah. a sprint in the open field. This was a, oh my God, he's about to get sacked and crushed. Oh, wait a minute. I think he's going to escape. Oh shit, they can't catch him too. Oh, my God, did he just do that? Yeah, That's one tremendous. of the most exciting plays in Redskins slash woofed history, if you ask me. Exciting, I've, that's all. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like, to me, they're, I'm not the same player. He's Hall of Fame, played 20 years with the no, team. No, He's, it's uh, not comparing you, resumes. It's just how exciting was a singular play that well, defied the, all expectations. Well, it's like it's like Daryl Green announced his presence by running down Tony Dorsett. They lost the game, right? But he he did run him down and kept him out of the end zone. And I think that people, oh, look at that! And I think that play was Taylor Heineke's. Yeah. Hey, look at that! And it had to happen in front of an empty building, which is a damn shame. Because can you yeah. imagine a sold out FedEx Field seeing that play? Oh my God. So, so we got we got something for next year. That's good. Uh, the defense did not show up like everyone thought it would. Tom Brady, yeah. 500 yards, 30 points, with really not even playing that well. Godwin, who they kept saying, he's got the best hands you've ever seen, dropped <laughs> more shit than you can imagine. And they shot themselves in the foot multiple times, yet they still scored 30, almost like it wasn't even that hard. Yeah, well, it's, you know, again, it's Tom Brady. And they haven't really, you know, when they they played as well as they have, they've benefited from a very weak schedule and haven't been playing guys like Daniel Jones. They're not, and they lost to him twice. So they're they're not they're not used to facing that quality of player. But the defense is coming. The defense is is going to be good. Uh, they're going to have to make a few changes there. But uh, I think with another receiver 
and maybe a little bit more help uh, on the offensive line, I think this team is is moving in the right direction. I really am. Special really? teams were terrible. That, yeah. that half-ass onside kick that gave Brady the ball at the 40, it's like, what are you Bad. doing? Yeah, then, and Sims is Sims is a disaster as a punt returner. There's there's a few things. Well, but, and, and there yeah. was that. Uh, the refereeing was horseshit. I, I don't yeah. know why Scott Novak got an assignment for a playoff game. Nobody thinks Scott Novak is one of the better refs in the league. I don't track those. I don't have the resources <laughs> to track refs. Did he impress you as a crew chief? <laughs> no, I mean, they were they were bad. There was there were a couple of calls terrible. there. That, the yeah, pass interference was clear. I mean, even you know, even then when they're crowing about it on TV. Uh, right. that was bad. And there, there were a couple, Oh, the, uh, the pass that was completed that would have made it like a third and five instead of a third and 10. The, Mc- like the McKissick pass in which he bobbled yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. of course, you know, the Wolfskins avoided a huge one when Heineke definitely fumbled and mm-hmm. Tampa definitely recovered. And they said, well, we couldn't tell we're going to let it yeah. stand. Like yeah. this is the thing that drives people crazy. You saw the call in the Buffalo game. I trust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you being a fan of replay, Andy, (laughs) go ahead and defend your false god now. Well, again, it's a backstop to me. It's the execution (laughs) of replay. It is not replay itself. But that's the point. The execution and the people involved. This is Scott Lynn's argument all over again, which is you need better replay officials. And I'm like, until they have robots adjudicating the plays, the replay system, Andy, involves every dumbass human that takes five minutes to look an obvious call and still get it wrong. Well, that's that's the thing that really, I I don't know why they can't enforce that. If you can't tell after 90 seconds, it's the call on the field. Again, I I don't know why they they keep throwing that away. But that was supposed to be what it was. I know, but I'll tell you the the, the reason I think that call was made that way. The referees didn't want to play God. They didn't want to right. end the game. Well, that's another that's another thing that they'll they'll they'll, they'll, they'll they don't care on a close call because they know the replay is going to you know decide it. I understand but the that. replay officials in Buffalo did not want to play God and literally pull the plug on the game itself because you call that play correctly, and then the game's over, and it's a right. tight game. And this is where you know conspiracy nuts have their day. This mm-hmm. is where you say, well, the league has their first playoff game going. It's coming down to the wire. Phillip Rivers have him, has them driving for a possible game-tying field goal. Do we really want to turn off this game by giving them the right call? Or do we want to go, eh, let it stand? You it's see, like Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> yes, it is. That's the thing. See, you laugh and you make that comparison. But remember, the calls are made in New York. Now. I know, I know. I know. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? The other thing about the game last night that frustrated me to no end was why was uh, Rivera and company giving uh, Gibson all those carries when he clearly couldn't move? I mean, to me, it was the most indefensible thing of all. He can't move and he's getting lots of carries. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why they didn't go to McKissick more. I really don't. Uh, and and really, Antonio Gibson probably shouldn't have been playing the last four or five games of the year. He had turf toe, you know, and that ends career sometimes. Uh, um, yeah, bite your tongue, yeah. though. But, yeah, you're not wrong, per se. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jack Lambert, Hall of Fame linebacker, career ended by turf toe, one of the toughest guys ever to play. Um, so, uh, yeah, and McKissick has been – has been good throughout the year. I don't know why they didn't have more confidence. In him. Where was uh, where was our other straight ahead guy running back? Was he hurt? Oh, uh, Barber. I didn't yeah. even hear his name last night. He didn't, I, I he didn't get he, a, he didn't get a carry. Yeah, I guess that's right. He must have been uh, must have been hurt or doghoused. I don't know. Gibson fourteen for thirty one, two point two yards per. Yeah, not good. Not too great. It's a good front though. It's a good yeah. good, good defensive front. Uh, what do you think of Dungy? I. I like Dungy better than you do. I understand that. Um, and I, <laughs> How do you know and, my position on Dungy? Oh, wait, I tweeted. Because something. you've expressed it before. You, you've, been, you've been clear. And, and, and the way the question was phrased, what am I, an idiot? Of course I know what you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, is it me or does sometimes Dungy offer two or three different conflicting opinions about any given play? Oh, boy. I haven't really studied it that well, closely. It's, no, be, like, for example, there'll be a pass – right on the hands of God when he drops it. And then he'll say, you know, Tom was just a little off target there, but good effort to try to catch it. But he really needs to come up with that. Wait, what? 
was the pass on target or not? <laughs> Whose fault was it? Like, I was listening closely going, I'm not sure what Dungy's point is here. Yeah. Uh, it's not I as mean, bad he, as Aikman, he, I'll grant you that. I hate yeah, Aikman. Is there an analyst Aik- that you can't stand? Aikman has has jumped the shark for me. Definitely okay. has, has jumped. The, you know, you know who is he? Is he the in best? the Phil Sims final years territory with yeah, Nance? I think so. Where where Aikman is actively dragging Joe Buck down with him. I, I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. I, do. Yeah. I do. The best the best team I saw all day was Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. God damn, they're, they're so good. They're, Your they're, boy Ian Eagle is so sharp. An economy of words. Yes. I mean that that goes back to like that's a different era. But but Ray Scott used to do that. Pat Summerall. Right. Don't 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 over talk. Just just tell you what happened. It's he's he's, he's terrific. Yeah. The both of them are great. No, he, he very I mean very knowledgeable. Great prep for the game. Uh, precision yep. with his words. Absolute proper inflection for big plays at the right mm-hmm. time without overselling it. Gus Johnson style, a wry yes. sense of humor that doesn't try yep. too hard when it comes to banter with his uh, analyst. It, it, that to me, and and Davis is really good as well. I like Charles Davis's lot. I, I, to me, they're as good as any A team that's out there. Now, why yep. was Tarico not in the building? Is he suffering from COVID. coronavirus? He's got. He it? doesn't have it, but it was it was COVID protocol uh, or something. So he was. Uh, he, he, but it, you know, and he and, and he said it a few times. Mike Tarico working from home. It, that didn't really bother me. I, I don't think that's... Uh, I think it was bad because he was late on his calls. Normally, Tarico punches the calls as they happen. Caught, mm-hmm. breaks a tackle, touchdown, inbounds, all that stuff was a beat late, people were telling me on Twitter. Well, again, uh, I, I don't I don't study it as closely as you nah, do. I, right. I, uh, <laughs> I'm watching the play. All but, right. yeah. Fair enough. So what do you think is the uh, number one, number two, number three to-do list items for this team in the offseason? Well, yeah, they need another wide receiver. That's for sure. Uh, they need some special teams help. They got to figure out what the quarterback situation is going to be. You know, this this guy Heineke, he's he's a free agent. Somebody somebody may jump and, and offer him something that's pretty darn good. If he's smart, he'll stay. But you know that that that's one thing. Um, I think they they need more help on the offensive line. They've got Morgan Moses under a long term deal. Sheriff signed for a long term deal, right? He's he's resigned, isn't he? I think he is. No, sheriff and, sheriff took the franchise tag, so he is now an unrestricted oh, free agent. Okay, so, so he's going to cost money. What do you make of all the laughable? Hey, let's trade for Deshaun Watson things. Well, this is this is what happens every single year. Come on, and and uh, and then you have to start thinking about a guy like McLaurin if you're going to do that, right? Sure. Um, and you're probably going to have to throw in another another starting player. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see it happening. And I I think they'll figure out a way to get it worked out in Houston. I mean, he's he's unhappy there. They'll figure it out. Yeah. It's it's not the NBA. You know, if a, if a star player is unhappy in the NBA, he leaves. He leaves and he takes somebody from another team with him and they go someplace yeah. else. Doesn't work that way in the NFL. Yeah. All right. Looking up for this team though, who who would be the favorite to win the division next year? Well, I, I would assume Dak Prescott coming back healthy would uh would make Dallas the favorite, don't you think? Um, probably because the Cowboys are America's douchebag team. And so the media will anoint them as the favorites, and on paper, it'll look pretty good. But with that dumb, dumb coach, McCarthy, I will not make them the favorite. Philly looks like they're ready to take a long walk in the woods for 20 years, which I can't wait to see them do. And the Giants don't really impress me. No, and Daniel Jones has yet to make that step forward. And uh, next year may be make or break for him. Yeah. And and that, you know, that's that's a concern. But, you know, and and Washington might be might be, good. you know, it depends on the quarterback and a few other things. But Ron Rivera has changed the culture. You know, we've heard others talk about it here, but it looks like he's done that. Yeah. Well, it's a long cry. It's a far cry from early in the season when he was not calling timeouts in two score games in the fourth quarter and then angrily defending the decision saying, I didn't want to get anybody hurt. And you and I were saying, oh, my God, I don't know if I can trust this guy. When he benched Dwayne Haskins, I thought he was being too hasty. It turns out 
he was seeing shit even beyond the dumb shit that Haskins showed to us later in the year with his stupid birthday stripper parties for his girlfriend. So it all sort of came around in the end. Yeah, I think when he was when he was not using the timeouts, he was thinking to himself, "This quarterback is so horrible. I got to get these guys off the field. We we I can't expose <laughs> I them to him, to him anymore." Right. And and I don't know if he made a promise to Snyder that he was going to give him four games. Do you remember this when uh, when Griffin was coming back for 2015 after he'd had that that bad year uh, under Jay Gruden and Gruden couldn't stand him. Right. That and he was awful in the preseason. The discussion was, well, they've made a deal with the owner to give him four games. Well, he was so awful in the second preseason game that Scott that McLuhan, after collapsed. a five hour meeting with Snyder, convinced him to play Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know, that that may have been a deal that Rivera walked in the door with. I'll give yeah. him four games. Yeah. And and he did. Uh before I get to Lasorda to finish us out here, uh your thoughts on the championship game tonight in college? Um. Yeah, I, I can't see Alabama losing this game. I, I, I think, I think this is going to be a lopsided one. I, I, I think it's. I mean, I, Alabama to me. Here, here's the thing about Alabama: they had a Heisman Trophy winner who was the second best receiver on the team. <laughs> the other one got hurt. Right. Waddle. I know. So, so to me, there's just so much talent there, that and the best ridiculous. coach in history. Yeah. He's the best. No, he's the he best. That, takes care of everything. He, he's he's above, yeah. a cut above and beyond. Would you change the college football playoff? I don't want. I don't want extra teams. No, okay. I do not. I, You're I, no, fine I, with I, it the way it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's because because it's not like the see they keep comparing it to the NCAA tournament. NCAA tournament games go less than two hours. These are this is a long term commitment. It's multiple weekends. Uh, then you got venue issues, where to play them. No, uh, okay. once once a fan. No, four is good. All right, pour one out for Tommy Lasorda. Ninety-three years. What a life. What a character. Will we ever see a guy like that in sports again? Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe if he builds a college basketball program, something like that. But. Not in baseball. These guys are, are, you know, they're they're analytics guys, and once they become too powerful like that, the front office doesn't like it. Right. And I, I think you know he the Dodgers had, I think between 1955 and 1996, two managers. Right. Walter Olson, Tom Lasorda. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen again. You know. <laughs> You've seen the clips of Lasorda with the uh, mascots, like the Philly fanatic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How no, come? I... How come I can watch that now and still laugh? And how come I look back and think, God damn, that used to happen in baseball. Now that doesn't happen. There is no, not no. that organic, joyful, silly. Hey, it's baseball. We're not holding up the game really that much. So let the manager go run around after the mascot. How do we get well, back to that? I, well, I think here's another thing. If a guy like Lasorda comes along, okay, and he's got that personality, and the team loses like 18 out of 25, then he's oh, he's a clown. Nobody <laughs> nobody respects him. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. So so they run him out of town. Whereas he had the ability, you know, to, for, he took over a good team, first of all. Right. Alston retired, I think, 76 and 77. Lasorda had him in the World Series. So that, that helped, too. Uh, and, you know, his lifetime guy, paid his dues, rode the buses in the minor leagues, worked as a coach, all those things. And, you know, nowadays they just, they just wouldn't let a guy have that kind of leeway. Exit question. You a fan of this double, triple header weekend that we just got treated to? Well, uh, I or is I it too much? Be- I invested because Washington was playing at night. I'm telling you, I, w- I would only watch the half if if, uh, if they weren't playing last night. All right, if Cleveland, well, I'll, by the time people listen to this, they will already know the Cleveland uh, Pittsburgh outcome. But yeah. looking ahead, as we tape this on a Sunday afternoon, will you stay up for how much of that Cleveland Pittsburgh game? Half, half. Okay, half, half, Eddie, half. Eddie. half. <laughs> All right, Andy. <laughs> What a season, 7-9, and nine, and a legend born in Taylor Heineke against the uh, Buccaneers. We'll talk yeah. to you next week, brother. Thank you. Uh, all right, Zay. See you, bud. All right, let me end on this. A lot of good feedback from my talk with Jay on Thursday. 
I did not mind the discussion. I know a lot of you, some of you said, that's it. I can't, I just can't take Jay anymore. I, I, I don't want to hear his thoughts. A lot of people said the same thing about me. We can come together. We can, we can have these conversations. I believe we can have these conversations. I mean, I may not have these conversations if it angers up the blood so much. People are very much on edge, to be sure. Let me just try to summarize my basic point to Jay and to anyone else, and that is I'm not claiming the election was, quote, stolen, or if there was massive fraud or minimal fraud or some kind of medium fraud. All I'm saying is that the shape of the outcome defies political gravity. In other words, here's a guy in Biden who is in early onset dementia. That is not debatable, okay? His son is indisputably tangled up in some very shady foreign deals with our major adversary, China. That is not in dispute. Biden has been a milquetoast run for president a million times, don't even come close, who knows how many times, career politician. He's a guy who was on his way to not making out of the Democratic primaries until the party basically pulled the rug out from Bernie and his competition. He's got a VP who didn't get a single delegate herself in the primaries. Okay? He's a guy who stayed in the basement nine out of ten days on the campaign on the way to the White House. He's a guy who couldn't draw more than 100 people to a rally. And don't say, well, he designed it that way because of COVID. He didn't want people to come out. No, no, people don't, they're not drawn to Biden. A candidate like that does not get more votes than the most charismatic, skilled, beloved, media-deified president in history in Barack Obama. It just doesn't happen on the up and up. I don't believe it. The basic gravity and shape of this win is completely illogical. And you can say, but Trump was hated by so many people, and they split their ticket. I heard from a couple of alleged ticket splitters. Because not only does a guy like him not get, oh my God, it is 28 to nothing Cleveland, and they are posing in front of the end zone camera. Wow. Okay. Anyhow, back to what I was saying. A candidate like that doesn't get more votes than the most skilled and beloved politician in our lifetime. At least not fully legitimate votes. Now, where do these votes come from? I don't know, man. They mailed ballots all over the place because of the pandemic. I said this here on the podcast back in the spring. I said, you know, and of course, the Dems would love to milk this to get mail-in balloting. If that's the case, it's all over. Well, I was right. I said it back in the spring. Go back to the podcast and take a listen. Anyway, he didn't not just have no coattails with other candidates down ticket, Biden, but he had negative coattails. They lost House seats, which is unprecedented for the shape of a guy who supposedly got the most votes in history. And except for the Senate uh, runoffs in Georgia, they didn't gain any ground really in the Senate either. It's just too many things that defy basic political gravity. But can you prove it? And obviously, Trump and his lawyers didn't prove anything. They didn't even get into court in 59 out of 60 of their cases. And that's possibly on the merit. They possibly didn't have anything to their proof. Maybe they were scratching at the edges of, well, we just, if we could get this, you know, information, maybe we could, you know, show that this doesn't match up, that doesn't match up. They didn't get there. Okay. But when the betting markets flip on election night and they flipped hard because of how certain key bellwether counties are coming in, and then the leads and forks key swing states all get overcome in an after midnight ballot deluge, in a year in which we've got totally unvetted, unproven vote by mail being implemented. I'm telling you people, half the country who voted for Trump are not going to accept that easily as, yeah, that was on the up and up. It doesn't look right, smell right, fly right. 
Now, 99% of the people who voted for Trump are not going to fly to D.C. and go nuts over it and act like savages and beat police officers and do all this other shit. But they will say bullshit. They will say, I don't believe it. It's bullshit. When polling state by state is off in one direction, and badly so, across the board, all in favor of the Democrat, people are going to say bullshit. So trust me, my Democrat voting friends, if your guy had lost in this exact same manner, put Biden on stage in front of all these crowds for weeks and months on end and put Trump in this basement and and do everything exactly the same and then at the 10th hour, 11th hour, whatever hour you want to call it, four heavily Republican cities all came in. Well, look at this and we're now leading. Guess what? You would be screaming bloody murder too. Anyway, I, I again, I, <laughs> I don't believe in the, you know, I voted Republican, but I can't stand Trump. So I split my ticket. That doesn't propel old Joe to record vote totals. Not in my estimation. But hey, uh, somebody sent me a Wisconsin explainer, and it's true. In Wisconsin, the Democrats successfully did the groundwork to tilt the battleground in their favor. They kept the Green Party candidate off the ballot this year. That was huge. They apparently locked the doors on Kanye and his his campaign manager at the last minute so they couldn't get on the ballot. And they did, you know, every little thing that they could do. They didn't purge the voter rolls that they should have. There was a story I read that explained step by step, here's what the Democrats did in the weeks and the months leading up to the election. Is that cheating or is that just bare-knuckle, hard-nosed politics? Probably the latter. I mean, it's uh, it's something that the, the Republicans should have been on fighting as hard as they can. And maybe they did fight as hard as they can. When it came down to the courts, the courts generally tend to side with, A, we don't want to interfe- interfere in elections, and because that'll set a terrible precedent, and B, the courts tend to defer to the most you know, voter participation possible. They don't want to disenfranchise anybody, supposedly. But what do you call, uh, you know, uh, legally maneuvering to keep the Green Party candidate off the ballot if that's not disenfranchising? That's that's an argument for a different day. But anyway, uh, one listener sent PolitiFact articles debunking the counting stopped claim. And I love how the story says, yes, in Atlanta, they briefly stopped because of the w- a water pipe burst air quotes, for three hours. But that was it. And I'm like, that's stopping the counting. I remember distinctly the network said in cities like Milwaukee and Detroit that they are stopping for the night. They'll resume in the morning. I know that these states kind of fucked up and that they said you can't count the ballots until election day and that caused a big backlog. I get that. But stopping for the night and we'll resume in the morning, the article claims the process of counting the votes never stopped. Well, defined process of counting. Is it like completed the process of making a catch in the NFL? Is it one person standing over a vote machine? Anyway, in, 19, in 63 BC, Julius Caesar was elected to the position of the Pontifex Maximus, chief priest of the Roman state religion. In that, though, uh, in 62 BC, Pompeia hosted the festival of the Bona Dea, the good goddess, which no man was permitted to attend in the house. However, a young patrician named Publius Claudius managed to gain admittance disguised as a woman, apparently for the purpose of seducing Pompeia, the wife of Caesar. He was caught and prosecuted for sacrilege. Caesar gave no evidence against Claudius at his trial. And he was acquitted. Nevertheless, Caesar divorced his wife, Pompeia, saying, quote, my wife ought not even be under suspicion. This gave rise to a proverb sometimes expressed as Caesar's wife must be above suspicion. What I'm saying to anybody who wants to hear it is our elections have to be more above suspicion. And that's all I'm saying. Anyhow, we're on to Cincinnati, and we'll see what happens from here. Tonight, the college football championship game, Alabama minus 8.5 against Ohio State. 
I'm putting a little something something on Alabama. I feel like a stupid Johnny Square play to be betting the favorite, but well, I think they're just better than Ohio State. If the game does get away from either team, I don't see it getting away from Alabama. But I could be wrong. As always, bet with your head, not over it. And if you are going to wager, why don't you wager somewhere where you know they've got great service, great things to bet on, and you'll actually get paid when you win. My bookie, the place to go, the official website for wagering right here on the ZabeCast. Make sure to use promo code ZABE for extra bonuses. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And Mr. X, by the way, has been chastised for his incorrect stat saying that the uh, Buccaneers had not beaten a team with a winning record or only beaten one team. They beat the snot out of the Green Bay Packers, the number one seed in the NFC. Mr. X blames it on too many Bud Lights and bad handwriting. I said, don't ever do that again. You know, when you bring a wow stat to the table, it better be fucking right. Because then I've got 20 emails that I've got to knock away and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it wasn't me. I didn't know the stat. Anyway, he has been punished with the loss of 10 scholarships and a bowl ban for next year. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie.